Get those Bibles in there. Hallelujah. We're going to do our declaration over our Bibles tonight. You got it? Okay, let's go. This is my Bible. It is the inspired, infallible, immutable word of God. I long for it more than necessary food. I love it, and I am never offended. I live by it, and I prosper in whatever I do. The word that I'm about to receive will sanctify me, build me up, and give me an inheritance among the saints. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. Let's read that one verse together. One verse together, y'all. What y'all had a hot seat or something? <laughs> Musical chairs, what y'all doing? Okay, Genesis 1.20, y'all have it. Let's read together. That, that way y'all gonna sit down. Ready? Read. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. You may be seated now. In the presence of the Lord. So Jesus, or God rather, excuse me, told, said to Adam and Eve and gave this vision for mankind to be fruitful and multiply. So tonight I'm talking, I'm on part three of this uh, particular series or sub-series or volume, uh, whatever you want to call it. And tonight we're talking on part three, good stewards, good Stewards. Can you say that? Good stewards. When God placed Adam here, God placed Adam here to be a steward over the earth. Is that right? The Bible says the heaven, even the heavens belong to God, but the earth he has given to the children of men. So we, we were granted a lease on the earth. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's. I believe it's Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. So the earth is the Lord's. Right? But another place in Psalm 115 it says the earth he has given to the children of men. So it is his, but he's given it to us as stewards. We have a lease over the earth. We are landlords. You got it? We are the Lord of the earth. God is the owner. You understand that? And so when God put Adam here, he put him here as a lord over the land. Okay? Now, he gave him this charge, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. All right, now, so we've been talking about how God gave everybody a common, a shared vision, right? A command which was to be fruitful and multiply. And you and I are the only, now if you read Genesis chapter 1, you'll see where he says that uh, to the fish and to the birds and so forth. But you and I are the only ones that God created in his own image and his likeness. Okay? We have God's DNA. The birds and the, and the, and the fish, they are not God's, they don't have God's DNA. They cannot create. I told you last week or two weeks ago, they can communicate. Right? Birds, they communicate with each other. When you hear birds singing in the morning, ooh, 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 ooh. they're communicating. 
they hear, you hear one call, and others say, uh-uh. <laughs> right? That's, that's old negative bird, uh-uh. Y'all have those birds in your neighborhood? Uh-uh. <laughs> you don't want to get on those birds, man. You get up, pray. This is their Lord's man. Uh-uh. Oh. Praise God. So, but we're made in God's image and in God's likeness, all right? Now, I told you this two weeks ago that we received from God when God breathed into man, man became a living soul or a speaking spirit like God. Man received intellect. Imagination and what? What say all three of those again? Intellect, come on. Okay, so you and I are intellectual. I don't care how high or low your IQ is, if your IQ is low, it's only because you haven't applied yourself. But he gave us intellect, he gave us imagination, so we, we have wild imaginations. Right? You, we can think of all kinds of things in our minds. In fact, sometimes we got to cast those imaginations down. Isn't that what Paul said? Casting down imaginations. So sometimes they can get pretty wild and out of, out of control. So we got to take those thoughts captive because we have vivid imaginations, right? And then he gave us creativity. And I said, nobody here should be telling a story, a fib, saying that I don't have, I, I'm not creative. We are all creative people because we have God's uh, DNA. You got it? All right, now, I want you to see this here. God, when God breathed into man, remember God, uh, Adam is the son of God. If you were to read, I think it's Luke's account of, um, of the lineage of Christ, he goes all the way back in, to, the, to Adam, and he calls Adam the son of God. Just like he called uh, David the son of Jesse. Just like he called Solomon the son of David. Just like he called Isaac the son of Abraham. He called Adam the son of God. Just like Deacon Robert, you have a son, Robert Jr. Is it second? Junior? Junior, he's a son of Robert. But now he has a son. That's RML the third. He, he's the son of Robert, who's the son of Robert. So they're sons in the exact same way. Now my point is, when he calls Adam the son of God, Adam is a son of God, just like I'm the son of Joseph. Got it? When you are the son of someone just like that, you share DNA, you share the same genetic makeup. He said, let us make man... In our image, my son Jonathan looks like me. That's mine. I can't deny him if I, well, I don't want to, but I could deny him if I did want to. You got it? So Adam was made just like God. Got it? With God's genetics, God's genes, G-E-N-E-S, genes. Now, I'm going to show you something here. This is very critical that you, that you follow me, you track me. So he had, had God's genes, God's genetic makeup. When God made Adam, Adam was perfect. 
God's image, God's likeness. In, in intellect, imagination, creativity, perfect like God. When God wanted the animals named, he brought them to Adam to see what he would name them. God could have named them himself. He said, no, Adam, you name them. The reason woman is called woman because Adam named her woman. Adam was on equal par. <laughs> Intellect, imagination, creativity. Adam was the lowercase G-O-D of this planet. Y'all tracking me. Okay? So what happened? Adam sinned. And when Adam sinned, he fell from that perfect place of intellect, imagination, creativity. He fell from that perfect uh, gene order, and he fell, what, what came to the earth was gene mutation, something called, what well, we, we can call, we know it as degeneration. Degeneration. Degeneration simply means there's mutated genes. People want to know how come, why are there uh, uh, people with Down syndrome? Down syndrome. Down syndrome is a, is, a, is a mutation. How is it that there are people like that? Well, because, uh, because of Adam's sin, there was gene mutation. There was a degening or degeneration that allowed all kind of defects now in the earth. People want to know how come uh, everybody, in fact, if you listen to all your cousins down in the, in the hood, they argue about all the giants that were in the land. They want to talk about Nimrod and all the, you know, all the people. They name all the little African uh, little mythological things, and they try to get you to believe that. You're supposed to believe the Bible because they want to say to all of them, the giants came, all that kind of stuff, because man, uh, uh, and angels had sex with man and all that kind of stuff. That's not, that's not the case here. Yeah, some of y'all think that same thing. That's why you're not looking. They think angels had sex with, with, with the daughters of men. That's not what happened. It said the sons of God saw the, that the, the daughters were beautiful. Well, Adam was the son of God. When talking about angels, angels can't have sex. Jesus said the angels, he said in heaven, nobody's given in marriage, just like the angels. Jesus said, he said, so, so angels don't have relationships with anybody. Angels can't come in your room and lay with you. I've heard, I've heard Pentecostal women talking about, ooh, I was in my bed one night and an angel came and laid in bed. And, ooh, no, that wasn't no angel. See, we, we got, y'all laughing, but I'm telling you what's the stuff I've heard in my own ears. We got to be careful because, because people try to explain. So why are there giants? Because there was a, a degening. A degeneration that happened. Why are there dwarfs? Degeneration. Why is there a, a, a condition called um, uh, progeria? Pro progeria, you've heard of that? Where is Ebony, you never, you never heard of progeria? You know what geria is? 
Geriatrics. Isn't that your field of study? Geriatrics. Oh, that's what, she been out of school a little while now. I'm, I apologize. I just got a degree. I just got a degree. I got a degree. So in geriatrics, there's, there's a, there's a, a condition. Let's call it again. Progeria. Progeria, if you've ever seen a, a child born and they age quickly, you'll see a child 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 years old and look like old ladies, old men. It's progeria. It, it, that's caused by genetic mutations. It's a degening. This is, this is critical. Because not only did we lose that perfect genetic makeup, we lost the perfection and the unlimited capacity of our intellect, of our imagination, and our creativity. So even as awesome of the things that you've heard of men doing, oh, that's awesome. There's a, they're geniuses. They're not geniuses compared to what Adam was. You've heard of people painting great artistic works and designing all kinds of artistic things. There's nobody as artistic as Adam was. Because once Adam sinned, man lost that perfect place, that perfect genetic structure, and now uh, because of degeneration, we are subpar as a, as a human race. I'm going to show you something here. Because with that, Barbara, God's plan never changed. God's vision never changed. God still wanted man to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth, and God still wanted man to be back in his image and in his likeness. So he sent a perfect, unmutated person. He sent a perfect, unmutated person into the earth who didn't have mutated blood, mutated DNA. <laughs> He had God's blood in him. Born through a woman into the earth. Perfect. And when he took that mutated blood, that unmutated blood, and died on the cross and shed that unmutated blood, and then went into hell and preached, and then rose from the grave and ascended on high and sprinkled that unmutated blood on the mercy seat, it made a way for now you and me to go from mutated to unmutated. From mutants, y'all know what a mutant is, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, from mutants back to a perfect order. Can I show you this in scripture? Look at this please. Look in the book of Titus, please. Titus chapter 3. Titus 3 and verses 4 and 5. We're not, once you're born again, you're no longer defective. I want you to see this here. Because you and I are not supposed to be oohing and on and gawking over what the heathens produce and write and how they sing and how they play and how they perform and how they act and what formulas they can come up with and what, uh, what uh, medical discoveries that they come up with. Because they still have limited intellect, limited imagination, and limited creativity. Y'all better hear me tonight. 
But you and I are now, well, let me show you this. Titus 3, verse 4 and 5. But when the kindness, go back to verse 1, go back to verse 1. I'm going to let y'all wake up. Some of y'all sleep already. Titus chapter, uh, verse, chapter 3, verse 1. Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities to obey, to be ready for every good work. Be ready for every good work. This is what you're supposed to be doing. To speak evil of no one. To be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. For we ourselves were also once mutants. We were all degenerates. The reason people sin is because they're degenerates. They don't have a divine nature. They have a sin nature. They have a degenerated nature. So they can't help but sin. Hello? So it says, we were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. That's, that's, just, well, that's just what we were. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration. Through the washing of regeneration. When man fell into sin, man went through degeneration. Man became degenerates. Man went through degening. That's where sickness and disease came in. That's where cancer, psoriasis, eczema, lupus, pancreas is out of whack through degening. Y'all better catch what I just said. It's, it's through degening. But once you have been regened, I'm going to come on this side, y'all slow. Once you have been regened, those issues ought not be among us. Well, I don't believe that. Well, don't believe it, but it is. this is what it is. We, you and I, to, according to his mercy, he saved us. Remember I told you that Sunday he's the captain of our salvation? He, Hebrews 2 verse 10. He's the captain of our salvation. So he saved us through the washing of regeneration or of regening. We've been rewired. Oh, God. I wish y'all would jump in this, catch what I'm saying to you. We've been rewired. We've been rehabbed. <laughs> My wife and I, we had the opportunity uh, years ago to rehab some houses. That's a lot of hard work, man. You got to take stuff that's been just torn down and messed up and people just trampled on houses and go through and rehab it and bring it back up to... And no, it ain't fun. But the end result, you and I have been rehabbed. 
We've been retooled. We've been regened. We've been rewired. He says, by the, through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the spirit. Now, of the Holy Spirit. Now, this word regeneration, I want you to see this here. In the Greek, it's, it's strong. If you've got a concordance, it's G3824. comes from the Greek word palagonesia. Palagonesia, which means new birth, reproduction, renewal, recreation, regeneration. But it comes from two words. Pelin, which means anew or again, and the Greek word genesis. Source or origin. So regeneration means we've gone back to the original. I'm going to preach to the choir. We've gone back to the original. We are not mutants any longer. We are not degenerates any longer. God, by the precious power of the Holy Ghost, has taken us back to the original. Made us new again. Again, anew. <laughs> back to the source. So all the way back, before the sin, Pelin Genesis, you even said in, in Hebrew, Genesis, beginning, origin. <laughs> so not only have, because we've been regened, we now uh, are not have mutant cells. Your Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 2, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. What? Are y'all listening back in the back? The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. When Adam sinned, he fell under the law of sin and death. Death reigned from Adam. Turn to Romans 5. Glory to God. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Verse 12, therefore just as through one man sin into the world and death through sin. So degeneration, now and, and the wonderful thing about it is the, the, the degeneration got worse and worse. It took time because when Adam sinned, it still took Adam 900 and some years to die. After the sin, 900 plus years he lived. It took time. 
But as the degeneration continued, one degenerate got another degenerate and produced a degenerate child. The lifespan got shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. Why? Because of sin and death came in, right? Death through sin and thus death spread to all men because all sin. For unto the law, sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, <laughs> who was a type of him who was to come. Y'all seeing that? All right, I, I, get, I can read that whole thing, but I don't trying to go through it. Point is, you keep reading and you'll see where Christ, when he came, the last Adam, he reversed all that. So now you and I are not under that curse. You and I are not under that law of sin and death. You and I have the, now the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. We have been regened, regenerated. You hear that all the time. Uh, have, have you been born again? When, when we get born again, we call it being regenerated. That's a common term in the church, been regenerated. But most people don't understand when we say been regenerated, is you've been regened. <laughs> oh my goodness. So let's see this then. So because we've been regened, we now are regened to the original capacity and potential of our intellect, imagination, and creativity. You catch that. So a heathen, a sinner, an unbeliever, does not have the same intellectual, intellectual capacity as a believer. Some of y'all look like I'm talking French. An unbeliever does not have the same Imagination capacity as a believer. Does not have the same creative capacity as a believer. Why? Because they're still degenerates. <laughs> There's intellectual artistic mutation on the inside of them. But you and I have been brought up. Get Ephesians 2.10 on the screen. Put it in Amplified for me. This is one of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. Ephesians 2.10 Amplified. Glory to God. <laughs> I need y'all to see this here. Somebody got to get charged up in here tonight. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated. In Christ Jesus, born Remember that word we saw, anew? Genesis, Genesis, Pelene. That we may do those good works. That we may do those good works. That we may do those good works which God predestined play beforehand. So that the, the work was to be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth, Fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion. Not just good works like going handing out bread to people that's hungry. That's great. That's great to, you know, bless people. That's, that's good works. Healing people, that's wonderful. But I'm talking about the good works, it says, which he predestined, planned beforehand. 
for us. Taking paths which he prepared ahead of time before we got here. That we should walk in them living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live before we made it on this planet. This is what God already planned for us. So that's why we had to be recreated in Christ Jesus. Some of y'all were smart, considered smart when you were in the world. That ain't nothing compared to how smart you are now. How I know. First John 2.20 says you have an unction from the Holy Ghost and you know all things. Now when you were in the world, you didn't have no unction from the Holy Ghost. You had no communication with the Holy Ghost. You couldn't hear from God if you tried. But now in Christ, you have an unction from the Holy Ghost and you know all things. Did you see right there how your intellectual level just skyrocketed? Man, y'all look, y'all about to frustrate me. I'm going to be patient, be gentle, use sweet lips. I need y'all to catch this tonight. Do you understand who you are? Do you understand that God, how frustrated he must be that we are gawking over the world and what they produce? Why in the world, good God Almighty, is the church sampling worldly music to make our music? They're not more creative than we are. There are artists out there that they, they whole albums of album, gospel albums, all old 70s music. They just changed the words and took all old 70s and 80s music and made it all gospel. It ain't gospel. That's mutated music. That's degenerate music. Why? Because you're so in awe of what they've done and don't understand you have been regenerated, regenerated, recreated in Christ's own image and have the unlimited power of intellect and imagination and creativity now programmed in you. It's just, it's just, I just, I just hate it. God is frustrated, if you allow me to speak on his behalf, that his people are sitting there, God, what, what, I'm going to just say this, that we're still paying for worldly movies. We're going to spend $10, $14 a night on a worldly movie at a theater. Investing his money in their system. When God would much rather you tap in to the creativity, imagination, intellect only inside of you and become a producer that the world would say, what, and how did, how, how, did, how did they do that? How did they, I've never, I didn't know a camera could do that.
We follow behind degenerates. I need you to I need you to understand that. And I, I don't I don't I'm not trying to pick on heathen because they don't know. They, they, they have no clue that they're, 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 they're degenerates. They have no clue. <laughs> they have no clue. Because they drive nice and live nice and look nice and all that kind of stuff. And they think they got it going on, don't know they're degenerates. And I, you understand, I'm not saying that to be mean. Y'all, y'all follow, I'm not picking on what I'm I'm saying. God would much rather, in fact, in this moment, in 2020, it's God's time for God's vision. And so he's going to pick out somebody who's willing to take their eyes off the world and put their eyes on him and on his word and on his kingdom and on his things and allow him to flow through them and bring things to pass, produce things. That's going to shock the world. I wonder, are there two or three people in here like that? Say, God, God, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> God, I'm of a new generation. I'm of a new generation. I'm, can I, can I, I have news for you. Put up, <laughs> put up Psalm 112 and verse 2. All y'all know verse 3. But go back to verse 1. Blessed is the man, verse 1. Verse 1. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord and spends his time in the word. Now watch what happens to that man. Verse 2. Verse 2. His descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation... Of the upright will be blessed. In other words, watch this. Now, I, I, understand, I understand your kids, but I'm talking about what you generate. What the upright, gener- when I say be fruitful and multiple, I'm talking about having more than kids. So when I'm talking about, he's talking about here, the generation, I'm talk- he's talking about more than your kids being blessed. Whatever you as a person who fears God generate will be blessed will be blessed. That means that if you produce it, God will put a blessing on it and people will buy it and come looking for you. It don't matter where you're from, what you have, how much you know. When God puts his blessing on what you generate, the next verse is going to happen. I wish I had somebody here tonight. I wish I had somebody because I'll show a preacher if I had somebody here tonight. He says when you start putting your heart on fearing him and keeping his commandments, delighting greatly in his commandments, everything you produce is going to be blessed. Including your children. Whatever you write is going to be blessed. Write the books. Write the play. 
write the film, write the story, write the plan. Whatever you produce is going to be blessed. Start the business, launch the career, do whatever God tells you to do. Do it. Whatever you do, because you delight in him, it's going to be blessed. And as a result of him, of the blessing, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he has no sorrow with it. So wealth and riches shall be in your house, but not if you don't generate something. That is good word right there. If you don't generate something, if you don't generate something, the wealth and riches don't have a way to get into your house. And I got a whole thing I want to show you tonight here because, because the trick of the enemy is to get you to a place where you don't generate anything. You just work hard for a living. You just work hard for a living. And it's a trick of the enemy. Now, I'm not against hard work, meaning diligence. I'm not against diligence. The diligent soul shall be made fat, the Bible says. But that's not what the devil's doing. He's not, he's not getting you to be diligent. He's getting you into rigorous labor. Toil, making bricks. Can I show you something? <laughs> Let me go right to this point here. I got to show you this here, man. Now, I, I need you to go, go back to verse, verse 2 because you got to see this. I need everybody in this room to hear this. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Dean Gershom, you're a business guy. You help everybody, everybody in business. The whole goal of a business is to generate revenue. It's to produce something. So I'm not stretching it when I use this word generate, generate or generation. Your hands are, are blessed to generate something. That's what all that intellect, imagination, and creativity is for. For you to generate something. <laughs> oh, God. For you to bring something to pass. Much more than the world could ever bring to pass. You've been regened to generate. Just, just. You know what? Because y'all looking at me puzzled. Let me, let, me, let me put the puzzle back on you. What are you generating right now? Don't answer to me. This is for yourself. What are you generating right now? Or do you just go to work? <laughs> Don't get mad at me. Because <laughs> I want to show you that there's no fruitfulness or multiplication without generation. And the trick of the enemy is to stop us from generating so that we are never fruitful or multiply. And most people in their mind, all they ever want to do is get a better job. That's the highest hope. I just want to get a better job. Nothing wrong with a job. And definitely nothing wrong with a better job. 
But sometimes your idea of a better job puts a limitation on your generation. <laughs> Go to Exodus chapter 1. Go to Exodus 1. Good God Almighty. <laughs> I will show you this here. That the devil, y'all know the devil's real, right? He is afraid of God's people generating something. He's afraid of you and I being fruitful and multiplying because he knows that if we will be fruitful and multiply, we will subdue him. We will crush him. So he... He enlightens all his degenerates. He enlightens all his degenerates. He gives them all kind of ideas, all kind of instructions, all kind of th- wisdom, demonic wisdom, things to do. He'll, 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 give, he'll give a rapper, he'll give a singer one lyric. He'll tell them. And, and the devil talks to them. And I've heard, I've heard some of them tell them, uh, testify in interviews about how the devil came to them with one lyric. That if, if you sing this one lyric, you're going to go all over the world. They have meetings with their master. <laughs> what he doesn't want is for you, a child of God, to start generating anything. He doesn't want you to know, y'all better be careful because, you know, you, you ain't here tonight, so now you're susceptible. Now you, now you got to be accountable. The devil knows he, oh, they, I let him get to church tonight. Somebody watch it online, the devil is going to come for you because he knows you don't heard that message tonight. See, because he doesn't want you to know this because he doesn't want you to generate anything, be fruitful and multiply because if you do, you're going to subdue the earth. Subdue, and the earth is his system. You're going to subdue his system and crush him. So he develops diabolical schemes and plans to first keep you blind. And then if you come to light, he creates other ways, shrewd ways to deceive and entrap to lock you into his system so you no longer have time. To generate. He's he's a very cunning devil. And he has most of God's people so trapped until all the unlimited intellect, imagination, and creativity that we have, we never have time to use any of it. In Exodus 1, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Ghost. 
God, your people are hearing this tonight. Oh, y'all are hearing it tonight. I'm so glad I just heard that. Y'all are hearing this tonight. You're receiving. Come on, how many of y'all are receiving this tonight? Come on. I'm receiving this tonight, Lord. Woo, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. <laughs> thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. <laughs> well, if y'all grab hold of this tonight, you're about to start a new generation. <laughs> I'm not talking about having another line. I'm talking about having a, a line, a line of products, or <laughs> a line coming to you for your services. I'm talking about. <laughs> there was a woman who was in debt. Fourth chapter of Second Kings, she was in debt. And um, she went to the man of God, I'm, I'm in debt, I'm about to come take all my, take my sons. What, what, what do I have to do with you? What, what do you have in your house? What do you have in your house? What do you have in your house? What do you have? What do you have that we can use to get you out of this debt? Most people, when they're praying for God to get them out of debt or get them out of financial hole, he's going to come back to you with, what do you have? Most people are looking outside looking for a windfall to come. And it's not that a windfall comes, it's that a download comes out of you and out of you and you produce, you generate something. And when you generate something, God blesses it, puts a demand on it. That's why that woman could go and gather all those jars of oil and sell them to people. So much so deep that she paid all her debt and lived off the rest. Two generations of wealth. Because the Bible says she and her sons lived on the rest. I wish I had somebody listening to me. Two generations of wealth of what was already in her house. <laughs> I put out the other, other day, I put out this, this sheet on the church group me. And basically the question I was asking you to answer was, what's in your house? And I, I, I probably bet half y'all never even looked at it. Some of y'all probably said, I wanted to look at it, but I didn't have time. That's exactly right. I can't argue with you on that. You didn't have time. The devil's going to make sure you don't have time. He's going to make sure you're so swamped with all your labor and all your toil that you never have time to tap into what you already have in your house. In your house. Y'all just missed that. The Bible says desirable treasure and oil are in the dwelling of the wise. God will make something inside you desirable.
He'll bless your generation. He can't bless it till you generate it. Jesus. <laughs> Tell somebody next to you, he can't bless it till you generate it. Lord, bless me. Generate something. Give me something to put the blessing on. Are you in Exodus chapter 1? Well, we, I'm talking about in your Bible. I know we, we all kind of lost right now, but <laughs> lost in space. Look at Exodus chapter 1, please. Verse 1. Now these are the names of the children of Israel who came to Egypt. Each man in his household came with Jacob. Y'all remember Jacob? This is Abraham's grandson, right? Here's his son's names. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. All those who are descendants of Jacob were how many? Seventy persons, for Joseph was in Egypt already. Okay? And Joseph died. And all his brothers and all that. So some of that, what they had already generated had died. Now there's got to be some new generation. <laughs> but the children of Israel, watch verse 7, were fruitful. What are they doing? They're, produce, they're generating something. They, they didn't sit there and, oh, Lord, ain't nobody, you know, we all Jacob gone and Joseph, they all dead and, oh, well, we're just going to shrivel up and die. No, we, we got we to gotta keep producing. We got to keep producing. Tell you that, but keep producing. I don't care what died off already. I don't care what failed already. Keep producing here. Said they were fruitful, and watch this, and increased how? Abundantly multiplied and grew exceedingly mighty. And the land was filled with them. Now, notice they've been fruitful, increasing abundantly, and they're multiplying. They've grown exceedingly mighty, and the land is filled with them. They're generating something. They're generating something. They're generating something. Now, watch this. Now, there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And he said, y'all better catch this, to his people, look, the people of God, you know what he's saying? The people of God are more and mightier than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them. We got to deal with this here. We got to deal. We got to be cunning with them. We got to be crafty with them. Why? Why? Now, they already haven't been multiplying. But he said, wait a minute. If they keep multiplying, they move into exponential growth. They're already stronger and mighty. They already have more potential than we do. If we just let them keep multiplying, if we just keep, if let them keep generating, if we let them keep generating, it, and it happened in the event of war, that they also join our enemies and fight against us and so go up out of the land. 
Let me catch you. They're in the land of Egypt, not as slaves. Not yet. They're not slaves yet. They're living in the land freely. And balling. Doing well. They're being fruitful. They're multiplying. And Pharaoh, who's the leader of Egypt, Satan, who's the leader of the Egyptian Babylonian world system, says we better deal surely with them lest they multiply. So we know that his dealing with them is the sole purpose of preventing multiplication. Everything he does from here on out is to prevent multiplication. To keep them, to keep us from multiplying, from generating more. <laughs> oh, God. Because watch, watch this, watch this. Same verse, same verse, same verse, same verse. Because look at the last phrase in there. And so get up out of the land. If they, if they get too big, they're going to leave. And we're benefiting from them. We can't afford to have them leave. We need them here. So let's deal surely with them. What's the, what's the deal? What are we going to do? Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going we gonna, to uh, let them uh, join our little organizations. We're going we're gonna to induct them into our little clubs. They're right there in our community. Let's, let's let them get in. Let them come to our Egyptian little clubs, our little Egyptian little groups. Get them involved in our little Egyptian stuff. Let them, let them get involved. Let them, let, them experience, let them experience Egyptian life. Let them rub shoulders with some Egyptians. Let them see what it is to have this kind of Egyptian life. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, let's deal surely. You know what? They like it. So here's what we're going to do. They like us, but they need to learn about us. We're going to, let's offer them uh, uh, loans to go to Egyptian university. You know they had universities back, back here already. Universities are new. This is, this is, they already had universities back here. And in, in, in what we're reading here, they already had universities. So let's, 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 let's loan them some money. They can go to our university. Learn the Egyptian way of life. Now, once they get the Egyptian uh, university degree, we need you an Egyptian kind of house. Now, they're dealing shrewdly because you're going to get you an Egyptian job. Y'all have been caretakers of what God has provided for you all this time. That's, that's, that's how you got all your land in Egypt because you were care of all the cattle that God had provided for you. But now, no, you can get you a good, a good Egyptian job now. Because you got your Egyptian degree, you can get you an Egyptian job. Once you got you an Egyptian job, you know, you probably, you don't want to live into, move into an Egyptian neighborhood. Well, an Egyptian neighborhood, you probably need an Egyptian loan to build you an Egyptian house. Hey, low interest, take 30 years, we'll let you, take 30 years, pay for it. Use, hey, don't use your money. Use other people's money. Now, what are they doing? They're dealing shrewdly. 
the shrew. It's the trick. Well, you keep you, you live in that kind of Egyptian house. You need your Egyptian chariot. Let me get, get you an Egyptian chariot. You need one of them suicide doors in your Egyptian chariot. Y'all seeing this? Yes. Come let us deal truly with them. What they did was they got them to trade their gold for wood and a scare beetle. Because the, the people of God were wealthy. So let's get them to trade their wealth for some wood. Y'all got this? Verse 11. Let me keep going because I only have seven minutes. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with their burdens. So now, now they have Egyptian jobs. Now they got to work nine to five for the Egyptians. Nine to five. This is not, this is, this is, this is, this is, now, now, now they working, deep, and they come home from working for the Egyptians, man, they tired. Can't, can't be tending no flop. I can't, I can't be doing what was before generating all this revenue. When I was my own man with the blessing of God, now I'm working for the man. And when I come home, I'm tired. So it knows what it says. Verse 11, they got good government jobs. And they built for Pharaoh. They do. They built for Pharaoh. Supply cities. Pithom and Ramses. But the more they afflicted them, notice what happened. The more they multiplied and grew. So the, he said, well, this ain't working. This is, this is counterproductive. To what I wanted. And they were in dread of the people of God. Verse 13. So the Egyptians made the children of Israel serve with rigor. They got them so tangled in that system that now they're going to make them work hard. Verse 14. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar, in brick, and in all manner of service in the field, all their service in which they made them serve was with rigor. What's happened? Remember what all this is all for? To keep them from multiplying. So the trick of the enemy today is to get people of God through shrewd dealings so entrapped and entangled in his system that now I got to work. I got to work 95, and if they give overtime, I'm going to take all the overtime they give me too. Y'all don't say nothing. Just look straight ahead. 
I'm going to work the second job and the third job. If they give me all the hours, I'm going to take it because I got, I got to pay these doggone debts and these bills and all the stuff I got up myself in. Because I had to have the Egyptian lifestyle. I, I was where God was supplying my needs. I was where he was adding these things to me. I was where he was giving me the desires of my heart. I was where I was generating uh, things because he was giving me wisdom. But now I'm stuck. And what's happened because of this, my, that system forces all the intellect. No, I'm still an intellectual job. You just. Now, I know some of y'all got fancy highfalutin jobs, but you still, you still going on a checklist. You, st you still, I don't care how fancy your job is, you still going on a checklist. I'm not picking on you, I'm just saying that's the reality of the workplace. I don't care who you work for. It's a routine. <laughs> so all that I imagination, no we, we don't, no, we don't pay you to imagine. We don't pay you to imagine. Hey, I got an idea. We ain't paying for your ideas. You do whatever we tell you to do. Well, no, I work for a job where they want us to imagine things. Yes, imagine it while you're working for them, and they take ownership of it. Whatever your intellect, imagination, creativity did come up with, they take ownership of it. Because you are doing it for them, on their behalf, they own it. And if you are in that kind of a job, they're going to make you sign an NDA. Y'all know what an NDA is, right? A non-disclosure agreement, because you can't go anywhere and talk about anything else to anybody else about what you learned, what you did for this company, because they own it and they own you. And a non-compete clause. Because it's for them. So whatever little intellect and generation that you are working with, it, it belongs to them. Now, Deke, what's my line? I ain't telling nobody to quit their job. <laughs> what I'm saying is that God wants you to get untangled from that system. So that all the intellect, non-mutant in intellect, imagination and creativity that you can have and that you do have can flow freely and it's used to generate something through you that God blesses and he produces for you. So now you move from a servant place to a ruler place. The Bible says in Proverbs 22 verse 7, the rich rule over the poor. So as long as you are in a poor place, I'm middle class. That's poor place. Ain't no such thing as a middle class. Ain't no middle class in the whole Bible. If you ain't rich, you are, in the, you are poor. Tell your neighbor, if you ain't rich, you poor. Okay, so get all that middle class mumbo jumbo out of your mind. If you're not rich, you are poor according to the Bible. Ain't but two classes in the Bible. As long as you got to go clock in, you poor. All right? So let's just talk about it. 
So to be to rule, you have to be rich. So God gives you intellect, creativity, imagination so that you can generate. He blesses it and the blessing makes you rich. So you can now rule. And furthermore, and more importantly, that he now rules through you. Because he wants you, according to Psalm 112, verse 3, to be rich and righteous. And when you're rich and righteous, God himself is now ruling through you. Now, here's a system. Here's a system. Here's a system. I got 19 seconds. You work, get in debt, which means you got to work harder. And when you work harder and now you make more money, you get in more debt, which means you got to work harder, harder. And that stifles your intellect, imagination, and your creativity. I'm going to close right here. And we'll pick this up next week because I got to take you. I, I ain't dealt with stewardship yet. I got to... I'm going to get in this thing here. And it's, <laughs> woo! Put up one last verse. Proverbs 12, 27, in the uh, Passion Translation, please. Proverbs 12, 27, the Passion Translation. Oh, my, 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 my. Y'all see it? We introduced, we introduced this one a few weeks ago. Can we read it together? All right, let's read together. Ready to read. A passive person won't even, but a passionate person makes good use of his time. Y'all remember that. So three resources that everybody gets from God, time, wealth, and energy, besides intellect, imagination, and creativity. So these are three tangible ones, right? Okay. Or, or let me say quantifiable ones. That's better. So it says a passionate person makes good use. Here's what that means, Elise. There is a good use for your time, wealth, and energy. And if there's a good use, which means a fruitful or a productive use, then there must also be a bad or an unproductive use. Now, here's a phrase. I want you to write this down. Write this phrase down. I learned this when I was a real estate agent. Mr. Quetta, I was years ago, I was a real estate agent here in St. Petersburg. And uh, I didn't sell many houses. I, uh, I, was, I was a rookie. And you didn't make f money fast enough. So I went right back to the barbershop. Uh, I, I, need, I need some daily load. Because you can't, you can't eat on no contract. You can't eat on no closing period. You need to be able to eat. Right? So I went right back to the barbershop. Anyway, we learned a phrase in real estate called highest and best use. Highest and best use. Implication, or what, what it means is, as an explanation, um, for example, the chair you're sitting on, you could stand in that chair, Laura, and change a light bulb. But that's not the highest and best use for that chair. It was designed for you to sit. You could take your house and turn it into a restaurant. You could do that. 
but it wasn't designed to be a restaurant. So its highest and best use is not as a restaurant. Its highest and best use is as a home to lay your head. So when you have time, wealth, and energy, there is a highest and best use of your time, wealth, and energy. Putting all those to good use, right? So the devil wants us to believe that working for the man is good use of time, wealth, and energy. Well, there's, in all labor, there's profit, so it's, it's, it's a good use. But the highest and best use of your time, wealth, and energy is in generating something. On your job, you're not generating anything. You're accomplishing tasks. Oh no, we, we make we make ink pens. That's what we generate. That ain't, that ain't your ink pen. They 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 mess around and get like New Jack City on you, man. Y'all remember that? No, you can't. No, 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 no. No, I'm talking about I'm talking about you and I as regime people are supposed to be generating something spiritually, something emotionally, something physically, intellectually, creatively. We're supposed to be generating something on all fronts. You and I, uh, allow this. You may have to meditate on it for a couple years to get it. We've been recreated in perfection. Not M, I am. I N, the letter, the word I N, N, new word, perfection. We've been recreated perfectly by God. God didn't make any junk. All the junk on this planet is from Satan. So when God made you, recreated you in his own image and likeness, now we are made perfect. And as perfect specimens, we have the ability to generate things that'll make Egypt tremble again. <laughs> and I'm telling you, it's March. It's March. This is March. What's today? March 4th? Something like that? Okay. So this is what you're going to do. That's, that's your command. That's your command, Pastor. Pastor Kim. March 4th. Get on your feet. That's good right there. I like that. I like that. Tell somebody, March 4th. That's your command. You at parade rest. You at ease. No. March 4th. Go forward. Get moving. Whatever God told you to do, start doing it. Do it afraid. Do it scared, but do it. That idea, put something behind that idea. That plan, okay. Submit it to God, get wise counsel, and then put it into action. Here's the thing. This probably going to make a lot of people uncomfortable. 
But when you go work your eight hours at work, if they still give eight hours, a lot of them ain't even giving eight hours no more on the job. But if you do go work your eight hours, your tendency is to go home and, and prop your feet up and get a bowl, of, a bag of chips and think you did something. No, don't do, don't take your shoes off until you have done something in the area of generation. You lounge too much. You lounge too much. They made not now they, they sell loungewear in the store. You can go to go to the store and buy lounge clothes. When you come home, you put on these they half pajama, half going out outfit. Am I right about it? This this loungewear. Me just kick back and do nothing. You ain't got time. You ain't got enough money to do nothing. And there's something that's already inside you, something you already have that if you would start generating, start producing. You'll just, it'll give God something to bless. Wisdom from God. Wisdom from God. Wisdom from God. See, you, in, the, in this vein, in this Kairos moment, if you do it, I don't care how, how uh, simple you think it is. In other words, it's, it's, all I can do is, I know how to make a cookie. Or, or whatever. I just what, I don't care. What, whatever, do it. Do it. Do it. Just something I wrote. Remember years ago I was talking about just messing around. God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. You just go fooling around. Just fooling around and came up with an idea. Fooling around and came up with an invention. Fooling around and started a business. I have never thought in that light that you can't get Psalm 112.3 till you do Psalm 112.2. You got to generate something. Praise the Lord. Dear Father, this night, I believe you have spoken directly into the heart of every person who had ears to hear and eyes to see and hearts to receive. There's no one in this place tonight, I believe, who wanted to receive from you a word, who did not receive a word. So I pray for each person today tonight who has heard and seen and received that God they would operate under your grace your ability your 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 hand upon each person to produce thank you for regening us 
reprogramming and recreating us, making us new again, taking us back to original form. Thank you for the washing of regeneration by the Holy Ghost. Thank you that you've made us brand new creatures. I ask, Father, that each person would get a confidence that comes from you, knowing that you make us competent to do things, that any sort of uh, low esteem, your words is to think of ourselves, not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think, but God, we don't want to think of ourselves more lowly either. That we dispel the myths that are in our mind that nobody will want what we put out. Nobody will buy what we do. Nobody will want our service. Nobody. No, that's a myth from the enemy. It's a lie because you'll put your hand on these things and cause us to generate and produce desirable treasure and oil. Desirable treasure and oil. Desirable treasure and oil is in our dwellings. So I pray, Father, yeah, and your word says that desirable treasure and all is in the dwelling of the wise, but the fool spends it all up. God, help us not be fools and waste the treasure and oil that's on the inside of us. Spending it on things that don't produce. Spending our energy and our wealth and our time on things that don't produce. Spending our, our intellect, our imagination and creativity on things that don't produce for the kingdom of God's sake. So, Lord, I pray and I decree, even tonight, blessings, the blessing upon everything that your people generate and produce and reproduce. Everything that we are bringing forth, that we will be fruitful and multiply, that we will have dominion, that we will subdue the earth and crush the enemy. And this whole system he's got set up, thinking that you put us on top of everything. As heads, not the tails, above only, not beneath. We thank you. We praise you for a new day and a new dawning in our hearts tonight. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Put those hands together once again and give Father God a great hand of praise. Come on, give God a shout of praise if you receive.